0: But we have to spend time looking at and evaluating our own motives. To ask the question, why? Why am I doing this? What is keeping me going forward? The the fuel we burn has an effect on our soul. It says this in Proverbs 16, uh, verse two. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. What you're doing might seem right to everybody else. But God knows your motives. God knows what's going on in your heart. Does that make anybody else shiver a little bit? Like God knows why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, we've all done, we've all probably done the right thing for the wrong reasons. Like, we've just, we've done it. It's just that we're human. It happens. Have you ever seen a video of somebody who's, like, giving food or or money to somebody homeless or somebody who is in a bad situation, uh, but they're, like, recording the interaction so they can get views online? Like, did they do the right thing? Yes. Was it for the right reasons? Maybe, right? Was the purpose to get more views, uh, or was it to encourage others to help join them and help those around them? It's hard because it's really easy to deceive ourselves. And that's what makes, that right there is what makes our motive such a tricky thing. You can do the the right thing. You can do the good thing, but for selfish reasons. Uh, Can I I be real with y'all? I like people to like me, right? Recovering people pleaser, right? right? And if I'm not aware of that, then I'm bringing that to the table, uh, I can do things that are good, uh, but for the purpose of people liking me. Uh, every week, uh, when I come up here, there's a tension I gotta walk. Uh, when I'm on stage, am I gonna say things so that you, you like me or you think highly of me, or am I gonna stand on the stage and give you the word of the Lord? There's a, there's a tension there. I could do the right thing, but am I doing it for the right reasons? Galatians 1.10 says this. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I can know that verse, uh, I can, and it can know that it's my goal to please God and not to be his people. But if I'm not discerning, uh, people-pleasing will sneak right up here with me every single You have to be aware of what's going on around you. And this is where we have to be wise. We can start out with good intentions and good motives, but over time, those things can change. Our good motives can be hijacked by uh, bad motives. We have to always be assessing because we might start with the right motives, but what happens is our evil motives come alongside and they attach to those good motives. Now, it might be like this. It might be, hey, you got 98% pure good motives, but there's this little 2% over here that's like, man, that'd be nice for me too, right? And if we don't keep checking and assessing our motives, over time that 2% of, of, of selfishness, sinful desires, it's like, it's like a portion of cancer. And what starts at 2% grows to 5%, and quickly this thing that started out as pure and good turned into this impure and evil thing. It, it started out good, a god honoring thing, and then it's turned into where this evil motive has attached to it, and it's turned into a bad thing. Uh, let me give you, I think, a common example, at least in, in our country. Um, uh, you start out at an entry-level job. Like, that's where we pretty much all start out, right? You, you start at an entry-level job. After a while, you get the promotion, the raise. You think, man, this is great for my family, right? I, I got a little bit more money coming in. I get the raise, promotion. And then you get another one. You think, this is gonna change my family's life. God sure is blessing us. And what happened is, after a while, that job that started out as man, it's just a means to take care of my family, it becomes your identity. And when that becomes your identity, uh, then you need to make more money. Now now you might say, uh, this is for my family. But if we're honest, if we will value it, it's for you. There's an element of greed of a love for money. There's a part of you that thinks your value as a person is attached to how much money you bring in started off with this good motive i'm going to provide for my family i'm going to i'm going to do that and be there for them but then over time that little evil will creep in there and attach that good motive and ends with you greedy because you think you've put your worth into your salary Put your worth into your salary how much money you're making um there's uh there's a show i don't know if you guys have seen it definitely not recommending you to watch it uh, it's called breaking bad okay um and it's a show, if you're not familiar, it's a show about a science teacher who has cancer. Uh, he finds out he has cancer and he starts uh, manufacturing drugs. He starts making drugs so they can make money because his diagnosis doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. Uh, it's a stretch, I know. All right, it's kind of crazy. But uh, anyways, in one of the final episodes, the main character, Walter, he goes and he tells his wife, I want you to know why I did it. At this point, his, his, they're basically separated. He's on the run from the law. His kids like, don't want anything to do with him. It's, it's just kind of a mess. And he says, kind of I want to tell you why I did it. And as soon as he says that, uh, his wife says, don't you dare say you did this for our family. Right? And, and for seasons in front of us. This is for us. This is for our family. This is to set them up. I'm not going to be here. I want to set them up. At the very end, it's cost him all this stuff. She cuts him off and says, don't say you did this for our family. And He says, no, I did it for me. It made me feel good. It made me feel powerful. I liked it. He's finally honest about his motives. He's finally honest about why he's been doing what he's doing, but it's too late. It has cost him uh, literally everything, but he's let those motives take over, those evil motives. He's doing the wrong thing, even though he's saying he's doing it for the right reasons. And I think that that story is just a picture of what happens over and over again in our, in our culture. Uh, we use love for our family uh, as a motive. That's, that's the That's the good motive we push out. That's why we're doing what we're doing. But if we are truly honest, we do it for ourselves. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel successful. Uh, You like it. And that right there is why we have to be persistent in evaluating our motives. And if we aren't, we will end up in a situation where it costs us deeply. There is always a cost doing things our way instead of God's way. And there's a component of this I wanna get to, is you have to be able to name and point out those motives that sneak up on us. When we name something, it gives us power over it. If you can name it, it helps you manage it. And I say manage because motives aren't something you can just check off the box they are always evolving it needs to be constantly checked if you can't name the issue how do you correct this you can't face what you can't see when we name it we have power over it. the alcoholic who won't admit they have a problem is not going to be able to get power over that addiction but if they will name it they will say I'm an alcoholic I have an issue here Uh, they can have power over that addiction if you can't name what's motivating you, you're never going to be able to get. To, you'll never be let. you never be able to get rid of what is motivating. You won't be able to have power over it. You'll be led wherever it wants you to go, because you have no power over it. What you? What is motivating you? What's pulling you? What's What's, what are your desires taking you to? And I want to help you out just a little bit here. Um, you are motivated by love. That's what motivates all of us. But just like we said in the beginning, there are different types of love. You're motivated by a love of, of self, a love of, of money, love for approval, a love for status. Or are you motivated by a love for Jesus? A love that has a, a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a genuine faith. Uh, there's a verse I want to I look at here. It's Psalm 26:2. It says, put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. Put me on trial, Lord. Examine me. Test my motives and my heart. Would you be willing to pray that this morning to God? Put, put me on trial, God. Examine my motives. To ask God, to ask him to reveal where your motives need an adjustment. Because we need God to make it clear what type of love we are operating out of is it love for the for the stuff of the world or is it a love for him is it a love for him what type of love is motivating you we're gonna do something a, a little differently today uh, right now in our time i want I, I want us to give time to reflect what is pulling you to really pray this verse and say god i, I want you to test my mother i want you to examine me because we wanna get aligned with God and a love for him, not be aligned by the love that we have for the things of this world. Where does your motivation come from? Does it come from a love for God or a love for something else? Go ahead and close your eyes just for a moment and uh, I've got a few questions I want you to sit with and wrestle with. Questions that if if you'll answer them honestly, I believe they'll help you evaluate what's driving you. And that you would just answer these questions between uh, yourself and God, not anyone else. You want to ask these, and I just want you to, to process these with God, to think about them, answer them honestly. There's nothing that we need to withhold from God. Just be real, be vulnerable. First question is, Whose approval am I seeking? Whose approval are you seeking? seeking the approval of uh, a spouse. You're seeking the approval of your parents. You're seeking the approval of a boss. Whose approval are you seeking? Next question is If I didn't have blank, I'd be a failure. If I didn't have blank, I'd be a failure. What do you feel like you have to have to be a success? question is, where am I trying to prove people wrong? Where am I trying to prove people wrong? Trying to prove that you're enough. How much money would be enough? How many square feet would be enough? How much uh, clout would be enough? When would it be enough to say, I don't need any more? God's taking care of it. Two more questions. Where do I look to satisfy needs that only Jesus can meet? Where do I look to satisfy needs that only Jesus can meet? Last question. When was the last time you can truly say I did this out of a love for God? Like the only reason I did this was because I love Jesus. When was the last time you could say I only did this because I love God? When was the last that happened? Let's, let's open our eyes. Not one of us has arrived. Um, we all need grace. And, and after you've reflected, I feel like as I was going through those questions this week, it just feels like, man, I've, I've gotten some things out of order. I've messed up. I've been motivated by a, a love for the wrong things. I've had the train out of order here's the good news. Jesus' love for you hasn't changed. Not one bit. His love for you isn't dependent on you getting right, you performing. His love is based on who he is, and it never changes. Never. Love, it involves every part of us. Uh, Our our head, our heart, and our hands. Our, Our Facts, feelings, and our faith. Jesus gave all of himself for you. He gave all of himself for us because of his love for us. True love requires all of us. I want you to uh, picture a marriage for a second. Uh, You love each other. And that love man itself, it manifests itself uh, in those ways. Uh, in the, in the, the head, the heart, and the hands. Uh, you love each other, that person with your head. Uh, they know that they love you, and you know intellectually uh, that they love you back. You love that person with your heart. You feel love towards them. It's an emotion. Uh, and they love you back. They feel You feel that emotion back from them. Uh, in a marriage, there's love with your bodies, right? There's physical intimacy, all right? It's all of you. If you take away one of those parts, that marriage is not on a good path. I want you to think it, uh, if uh, you treated your marriage like you treated God, some of us say no, God and I are tight. I, I, I told him I loved him and we're good, we're good. Imagine if your wife, guys, just said I love you, we're good. No physical intimacy. You guys are thinking, "Oh no, that's not the thing I signed up for, right? You, you want all of each other. God wants all of you. When any part of us is portioned away and separated, it's not all of us, it's not all of us. That's not the type of love that God has for us. He loved us with everything he had and we're to love him with everything we are. If you've just given God part, of your love and not all of it that relationship is out of sorts we've got part of us but not all of us there is nothing you need to withhold from God the most freeing thing any of us can do is to surrender it all to God to surrender, to surrender it all and say God I'm going to love you with all that I am Uh, with my head, with my heart, with my hands, and I'm going to serve you in all of these ways. My question for you is, would you do that this morning? Would you just surrender it all and say, God, I'm going to give everything to you, everything to you. Now We're going to sing a couple more songs, uh, and I want you to do this. For the time that we're worshiping, uh, would you give it all over to him? to not withhold anything from, to sing with all you got, to sing so loud, to say, man, if that person's singing like that next to me, I guess I can sing loud too. To sing with everything you got, to to raise your hands, to show your love by fully worshiping him, to put aside all the distractions, give God all for this next handful of minutes, to surrender it to God. Can you guys do that for me? Just say, I surrender God, I'm giving it all to you. I'm gonna put all that I am into this worship because God, you are worthy of all that I have to give. Let's stand. We're going to sing a couple more songs. Let's give it all to God. Surrender. Give it to Him. (sighs) You can worship God like that every day with all you got. Uh, Not just by, by singing, but by living lives where loving Him is what's pulling you it's what's guiding you uh whatever you do do it for god not for people not for approval not for money whatever you do do it for god god wants us to get our our feelings uh our facts and our faith in a healthy order and it starts with loving him loving Him fully. Uh, I'm excited to go deep with you all for the next three weeks and get into some specific ways we can shift our motives into God-honoring ways. Uh, and as we are wrapping up, there's just there's one last thing I wanted to tell you guys. Um, I love you guys. I just want you to know that I, I love you and it is, uh, my, it is an honor to be your pastor and I'm just thankful for the opportunity. Uh, I mean that. Uh, there is no pl- place else I'd rather be uh, than right here, right now. Okay. I-, I love you guys, and it is an honor to be your pastor. I, I really want you to know that. Uh, would you guys stand with me one last time and help me out with this uh, this phrase we're trying out here at Refuge. We're going to throw it up on the screen here. Uh, Anything less than Jesus. I-, I love you guys. See you next week.